Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Reboot Season 1, Episode 1, The Rising. The original air date was September 23rd, 2016, or today for us. Yeah. Tomorrow morning for you if you're listening to this uh, as soon as it posts. Uh, it was directed by James Wan, oh. who is awesome. Yeah. Uh, he's currently directing uh, Aquaman for the DC Universe. Um, he did Saw, uh, Insidious, Insidious 2, Conjuring, Conjuring 2, mm-hmm. uh, which is where I share a credit with him, Conjuring 2. Uh, he did uh, the Fast and Furious, one of the Fast and Furious, didn't Furious 7, yeah. yeah. Which, was the that most, the last that one? That was the most recent one, yeah. Yeah. Because I think, I think Furious 8 is already done filming. Right. Uh, but uh, I'm excited for 8. Oh, any of the Fast and Furious movies I'm excited for. Yeah, but the cast of eight is mm-hmm. phenomenal that they have lined up. Charlize Theron is coming ah, in. Oh, there you and, go. Uh, it's old. Helen Mirren is in it. It's good. It's just ridiculous. Um, and uh, this episode was written by Peter Linkoff, who is also the showrunner and who um, developed uh, the successful Hawaii Five O reboot. Um, for that show, he has written 23 episodes. He has a st- he has 19 story by credits and two teleplay credits. He also wrote the screenplay for R.I.P.D. Um, he also wrote Demolition Man. Okay. And the story for Son-in-Law. So that's an eclectic Interesting, mix. yeah. That's, yeah. that's like, you got sci-fi action, you got, like... Would you consider Son-in-Law a romantic comedy? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I don't know what else it falls under. Yeah. Um, why don't we describe this episode in brief? Well, in this episode, MacGyver and team, who we will soon come to know... I mean, this is the first episode of a reboot. Yeah, we don't know uh, who, who is permanent... Beyond some characters. Yeah. Um, MacGyver and his team must uh, intercept a deadly virus that's going to be unleashed. Right. Uh, most likely released by terrorists. Right. Uh, we begin with uh, James Bondian cold open. Uh, we're in Lake Como, Italy. And uh, MacGyver is in a tux, mm-hmm. which we learned from the original series, and it's confirmed here that he does not often wear a tux. Right, yeah. Um, he's communicating via earpiece with... Uh, Nikki Carpenter. Yeah, Nikki Carpenter returns. Yeah, she's in the radio car. This uh, here, she's played by uh, Tracy. I'm gonna mess Spiridakos. this up. Spiridakos. or Spiridakos. Um, which I think is great because uh, Alyssa Davalos, also Greek yeah. name. So continuing the, the tradition of Nikki Carpenter's being played by actresses of Greek descent. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it might have been interesting if they'd have been able to get Alexa to play the part, who is the actual daughter of. Alyssa Davalos. Yeah, but she's probably busy with um, Man in the High Castle. Right? Yeah, um, she and she's a, a six years older than than Tracy, um, but Tracy here has appeared um, in forty two episodes of Revolution as mm-hmm. Charlie Matheson. Yeah, one of the main one of the main group of uh, people. She was also a nurse on Supernatural with young MacGyver Jared Padalecki. Um, so that's another MacGyver connection mm-hmm. for her. Um, and basically, she's telling him he should wear a tux more often as he's moving into the house. Uh, well, we. We introduced MacGyver. We didn't say that uh, MacGyver is being played by Lucas Till. Right. Who probably people know him currently as Havoc. Havoc uh, and X-Men in the, probably... In the, the, th- the three latest of the X-Men prequels. Right. First Class, uh, Days of Future Past, and Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. He's got a, another movie coming out soon, Monster Trucks. Which I actually think looks pretty good, but everyone so says crazy. it's going to bomb like crazy. It looks so weird. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what to think of it. It's like Transformers, but... If Transformers... For younger kids. Yeah, for kids. Um, I uh, also went to look through some of his other films. Um, 
I came across a movie he did in 2014 called Wolves. Okay. It's like a werewolf movie. Yeah. Um, which is kind of funny because his character Havoc in uh, First Class is always making fun of Beast. Yeah. Because like he looks like he's like an animal, and in that he's wearing like very similar Beast style makeup. Oh, that's funny. Like the the makeup is actually really cool yeah. in this movie. Um, it, it's done in more of the traditional werewolf of like the Universal style werewolf where. Yeah. It's just like more of a human face, but with like you know the the dog nose and stuff. Yeah, is it Nicholas Holt playing the young beast? In uh in the X Men movies, yeah. 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 Um, so I just thought it was I thought it was a funny pairing that that he's playing like the werewolfy looking beast guy in like human clothing. Yeah. To Nicholas Holt's like making fun. I don't know. Yeah. It was like a weird back and forth in my mind that I thought was was rather humorous and worth bringing up. Yeah. He was also in the Hannah Montana movie. Yeah. Um. I don't. I, I'm assuming he was a love interest there. He also played uh, the younger brother or older brother of Johnny Cash in Walk the Line mm-hmm. in the flashback. Where... Wrong kid died. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what was that parody movie called? Uh, Walk Hard. Walk Hard, yeah. The Dewey Cox story. That's a great one. Wrong kid died. <laughs> uh, uh, the next team member we're introduced to is uh, Jack Dalton. I know all of these characters are being introduced via... Uh, monologue. But, yeah, they're they're all they're all coming in over the earpiece, and we get like a little bit of a flashback of of incidents where they came in handy. Yeah, Nikki Carpenter is more of a love interest for yeah. MacGyver, so like their interest was a little bit more intimate. Um, but for Jack, it was a, a sequence where he's defusing a bomb, and Jack Dalton's got him covered via rifle and is taking down bad guys that are trying to get to him. Yeah, and they're all just getting shot in the head, <laughs> all around him, just dropping like flies. I did like. I did think it was interesting that Jack was introduced as a member of the team versus like a friend because we're going to get another character who's just playing the friend of right. Um, and uh, this character of Jack Dalton, as we know, is also a lifelong friend of MacGyver. But right. in this version, they are coworkers and have only known each other for a shorter period of yeah. time, and are separated by about twenty years, as yeah. opposed to potentially having been the same age. Yeah, um, but but their camaraderie is is tight. Right. There's no, there's no tension between the two of them. They, yeah. they understand exactly how each other work, and they rely on each it other. It might even actually be a little bit more of a fluid relationship than, than old MacGyver and old Jack. Had. Yeah, that's he's true. not at his throat all the time. Uh, Jack is played by George Eads. I'm going to say that's how you say his name. Yep. Um, who is a 15 year veteran of CSI? Yes. Uh, Nick Stokes. Yeah. On CSI. Oh my gosh! Like he, I mean, it's 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 him and and William Patterson, Peterson, Peterson or Patterson. I think it's Peterson. I can't remember. Uh, and, uh, you know, Mark Helgenberger. Yeah. Uh, Georgia Fox. Georgia Fox? I think it was Georgia Fox. Sure. Um, I was, I'm trying to remember. It's been so long since I watched CSI. I usually only watch, like, the ones, like, that have interesting people, like Quentin Tarantino, the ones he directed. Right. Um, the Buried Alive one? Yeah. Oh, the Buried Alive one is so good. Did he direct more than one? I just remember the Buried Alive oh, one. Oh, maybe he didn't. Maybe he only directed that one, but I think it was a two-parter. Yeah, it um, was a two-parter. But, it had Frank Gorsham in it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and that was but, like the last thing he did before he died. And uh, uh, George E's character is the one who's buried, and it's really intense. Right. Yeah. Um, he also, uh, I was looking at some other things that he did. He, I guess, he's uh, the Flash on Young Justice. Oh, okay. So he's the Barry Allen Flash. He also played Evil Knievel in a movie called Evil Knievel in 2004, a TV movie. Oh, I didn't see that one. Yeah. Um, he's also in Monty Walsh. I don't know that. Uh, Tom Selleck, uh, after like Quigley Down Under, he did like a string of like. Like oh, uh, Louis Lamour, a bunch of TV movies. Yeah, yeah, like 
westerns, and uh, he this Monty Walsh was one of them. One of the one of the more well known ones, I feel like. Yeah. After yeah. Quick, like quickly, everyone knows quickly. Um, Does everyone? Yeah, everyone I knows quickly like now. Alan underrated. Rickman in Australia. Come on. Uh, Laura uh, Sangiacomo, right? Was that the girl in Quigley? Uh, I know who you're talking about. From Just Shoot Me? Yes. Yeah. That's the one. I was going to say, she was on another show. Yeah. Um, so i just bringing up his other credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but really, CSI, I mean, you can't, 15 years on yeah, a show. Yeah, that's definitely his prevailing character mm-hmm. at the moment. Although Jack Dalton's probably uh, a close second right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like if this show sticks around, he'll definitely be known for this. He's a little bit more... Uh, out of his mind than Nick yeah. Stokes. Uh, MacGyver mentions his uh, career w- working with this uh, company of uh, diffusing bombs. Uh, he and has three uh, years of bomb defusal experience. Mm-hmm. Which is... In conjunction yeah. with if the original MacGyver worked uh, specifically in the Vietnam region defusing mm-hmm. bombs during the Vietnam War. Um, the, he also mentions that his, his school of choice was MIT. And we see him wearing the mm-hmm. sweatshirt from MIT. Uh, uh, MacGyver's, the you know Richard Dean, Ander- Richard Dean Anderson MacGyver. His he seemed to attend many different types of universities. Yeah, so it was never really place. clear. Yeah, uh, they never really said he diversified his education. Yeah, he attended several universities simultaneously, and he had a fiance at each of them. Yeah, <laughs> as far as we can tell, he, he had girlfriends in all of them who died tragically, or yeah. he left. Uh, who Only became to see a, them die tragically later. Yeah, or become. Psychotically obsessed with them, or to see themselves become the villain. That's not. Yeah, you live long enough. Yeah. Um, their mission tonight at uh, Lake Como, Italy, at this estate, is to retrieve something from a safe. They suspect it is some kind of uh, weapon or launch code for a weapon. They're because not exactly there's other sure. people that are there to get it. Yeah, there, there, there are other buyers here to make the sale. This party is like a diversion for the sale, like right. an excuse to bring a lot of people in. Uh, in addition to uh, the team. I really don't like that, that premise for a party. Like, yeah. hey, we need to do something very covert. Let's invite as many witnesses as possible mm-hmm. so that covert agents can slip into the crowd. Like, they did that in Halloween Nights. They did that in Fire and Ice, yeah, yeah. which was the Nikki Carpenter introduction episode. Mm-hmm. But it always feels like, why do you want so many people there? Like, it's the, who are you distracting? Right. It's like, uh, and the same as like with in the heist. Like, why didn't. Why didn't Vernon Wells just close the casino for the night? You're going to make so much more you money than you have all these diamonds you're trying to move. Just do that today. Yeah. Focus on that. To say you're closed for repairs, open up tomorrow. I guarantee the money you're making on those diamonds will cover your loss for the day. Yeah. Uh, but we now meet another member of the team who is the woman in charge. Right. Uh, Patricia... Thornton versus Pete Thornton. And she got to the party early, so she's mm-hmm. just coming down the steps. I'm surprised that they actually didn't go with Connie Thornton. I thought that that would have been an oh, interesting... Oh, yeah, just use his wife's name. Uh, an interesting choice. Yeah. Uh, and still have like her have her husband be Pete. Sure. Like I, I think that, that could have been a cool way to go. Yeah. But um, I see what they're doing. You know? Yeah, but, and she she's totally serviceable in this mm-hmm. position. This is uh, the actress is Sandrine Holt, who most people probably recognize right now from... Her work on uh, House of Cards. Yeah. She's Jillian Cole. She she had a great plot line with her versus Claire Underwood. Yeah. It's so creepy and dark, and and it, I don't want to spoil it for people who, who haven't watched the show, but oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, the level that, that Claire Underwood goes to to 
tackle this particular problem yeah. of Jillian Cole is enormously evil. I also noticed a credit from another Netflix series that I love called Love, the the Judd Apatow love show. Oh, I um, do not know this she show. She plays a character called Jory, but I was like, I don't remember this character, and I was looking through it, and I finally figured out it's from season two, which hasn't even come out yet. Oh, okay. So, but she'll be, so she has an upcoming part on that. Um, she was also uh, Dr. Bethany Exner on Fear the Walking Dead. I don't think she was in all of it. I think she was only in like three episodes. I don't mm -hmm. know how many they aired, actually. I or don't if it's watch even the, still yeah. on anymore. I don't watch The Walking Dead stuff. Um, and she also but. played Pocahontas in uh, not <laughs> the, the Disney Pocahontas, but the other Pocahontas that we've mentioned. She plays the, act, the titular Pocahontas. Mm -hmm. And in the film, her father, Powhatan, is played by Gordon Tatusis, who we've had on the show. Oh, before. okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think most recently he was in the uh, the Trial of Tears. Yeah. Trail of Tears. Trail of Tears. Not, not, not Trial of Tears. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Should have been called Trial of Tears. I think I, what we what we determined that was in bad taste. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they got some notes and they, they rejiggered the title. Um, but she comes down the steps and essentially they're just discussing the mission briefing. Like right, right here in the middle of the party. Yeah. Um, she she uh, ID'd one of the potential sellers who are, I guess, the only ones who are allowed into the vault area, which they also know. Yeah. They, they have intel on, they have some, like, where they got it, they don't know, but we'll find out that it's not complete intel, so whoever they got the information from probably wasn't all that reliable. Right. Um, but basically, everyone from the team is inside the house, except for Nikki Carpenter is in the intel van, mm -hmm. and Jack Dalton is out at the pier. Yeah, Jack watching is... Watching the house from a distance. Yeah, Jack is the escape... And or backup if needed. Right. Uh, so if things start to go south, he's gonna he's gonna make his way in. Otherwise, his job is to uh, keep their escape route open. Right. After Patricia identifies the seller, MacGyver notices like, well, he already had planned ahead for this. Before he enters the party, he actually like takes a napkin and digs some uh, soot out of like a. It looked like a car exhaust. Yeah. So I mean, to me, that that soot would be kind of more oily than powdery. But uh, he, that's what he does because he already knew that he was going to need a fingerprint to get past the security. Right. So he does the old, oh, I'm so sorry, bump into you to get the champagne glass. Right. But he's dressed now as a server versus uh, someone in a tux. He just so he can conveniently trade out the glass the yeah. same way he did in Halloween Nights. This would have made a lot more sense actually for Halloween Nights. Mm -hmm. and it was a Halloween party, so he could have been dressed as a server there. Yeah. But they would have known because they were the ones throwing the party that That's night. true. I don't remember hiring you. I don't remember you hiring me. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> he doesn't know what his what his help looks like. <laughs> the story checks out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he it's kind of a combination of, of two moves we've seen in the past. One was Halloween nights and the other one it turns into a human factor move because he lays it out on the scanner mm -hmm. um and like fills in the rest of it with plastic too. Oh yeah. I mean one of the things that we do uh, when he's first trying to get the, the print off the champagne glass is we're seeing the individual components as he's, like, discovering them or using them. Yeah. So it'll say, like, adhesive, uh, soot. And they're getting labeled. Yeah. Um, the, the labels kind of uh, – they're not just on the screen. They follow the action of the item. Mm -hmm. So that's like they're – you know, they're kind of like a child of it as far as, like, a CG element. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Um, they're motion tracked. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know what, what the – proper term uh, that's the be. vfx term <laughs> it's just the words are following the objects as they're moving through the shot uh but yes as you said once he gets up to the actual safe which is kind of a cool it's so it's like a whole room behind a wall and to open up the fake wall you actually 
turn the painting one way and then bring it back the other way and then bring it back upright and that like it's like the the locking mechanism to yeah. to shift the wall to get to the scanner which we find out is a full handprint scanner right not not the single thumbprint scanner that they were told would be in there right uh so macgyver yes now this is where now he needs a full handprint mm-hmm. he gets the handprint from the as you said the human factor where the scanner's already there. Oh, and he uses the one that was already on the correct. scanner. Correct. Yeah, the, the, the previous input uh, is still a residual trace of the oils and fingerprints and stuff like that. Which would seem that for some kind of biometric scanner, you would have some kind of, like, cleaning solution. Yeah, there should or... be, like, just a little windshield wiper mm-hmm. that just cleans it after you're done so that they can't do that. That's what I'll have on mine. Yeah. Also, a retinal scanner that just takes your eye when when you're done. It's like, yeah. all right. So you don't have to chase it through the alleyway. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he makes it now to the secure room. Um, we all we we skipped over a little bit of stuff. Um, my, our notes are a little, well, at least my notes are a little bit like disjointed because I'm trying to make them as the show is progressing, yeah, yeah. and I'm trying to pay attention. Um, he also rigged up a quick electromagnetic uh, device to cause interference on some of the. Uh, security crew right. who's he, walking yeah, around. Well, he needed to get into this chamber in the first place, and the way he got past the guard was um, he took an electrical cable, a battery, and a nail. He wrapped the cable around a nail to form an electromagnet, and the more powerful the electricity, the the better its ability to intercept uh, mm-hmm. frequencies of these earpieces. Yeah. Uh, I don't think a single... Double A battery would be enough power to do this. Um, he, I mean, he was talking about increasing the power by wrapping the coil around uh, the piece of metal more and more and more and more. But but, but I, it, I, it, it I would still... look like it was just a single pass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so inside the the chamber, he finds a canister, very reminiscent of like the T virus. Yes. Um, it's a the Umbrella Corp. Yeah, it's it's a big, huge canister with a smaller canister in the middle. And the inner canister is glowing blue. Yeah, it's, it's it's glowing, like, it's not just glowing in the case. Like, when he's running with it in the dark, it's glowing in the dark. And this is when he's confirming for the team via the radio that this is a biological weapon, mm-hmm. not not uh, warhead codes or yeah. anything like that. It's, a, it's not a nuclear actual device. risk already just having it in the room. Uh, as soon as he removes it from its uh, display case, an alarm goes off. And he's immediately descended on by uh, armed guards. Right. And he uses uh, the metal serving tray as a shield. Yeah. Kind of Captain America style. Like he's just holding it in front of and way and just running towards the guy who's shooting at him. Yeah. Not giving the guy time to like make another, take another aim at like his two legs that are obviously exposed. But I also think the force of catching a bullet in that tray. Would have knocked the thing out of his hands or hurt his hands. It would have really hurt. Yeah. Um, so he, he manages to get the jump on that guy as another guy with two guns comes in. And, and he, he even, dives over a couch and like kicks off a lamp. Yeah. He even says, well, this isn't fair. Cause yeah. you, got, you know, you got one guy with one gun, but now you got two guys with two, one guy with two guns firing back. So he, he's basically back up against this bulletproof couch for a while mm-hmm. as it's just getting shot up from one side until he hears the guy run out. Right. And before he can reload, he hops back up over the couch and just frisbees this tray across the room and yeah. clocks the guy right in the head. Uh, he's making his run now out of the mansion and 
the rest of the security is now is very alert, and they just start opening fire into the crowd, basically. And I he's mean, been 100% compromised. At this point, Jack should already be on his way into the building, but yeah. he's not. He's just standing outside, and he he's trying to listen to what's happening with MacGyver, but at the same time, he's getting followed by someone, some security coming out of the building who noticed him yeah. standing out on the docks. And so as the guy gets closer to him, he's just trying to make jokes. He's like, oh, isn't, isn't this where George Clooney lives? Is this George <laughs> Clooney's house? Because he famously has a home on, on Lake Como. And, uh, and then when, and when the guy gets close enough to like see him, he pulls out his phone and pretends like he's just like a take lost a- party goer trying to take a selfie with yeah. security. And he puts the camera up like he's going to take a selfie with them. And the camera follows his phone up into the air, so we just mm. see the selfie he would be taking. But then he... Right when he gets it framed right, he just elbows the guard right in the face. So mm-hmm. he's using basically the selfie to see where the guy's head is so that he can hit him right. Yeah. But he also takes a picture right when he elbows him. So he actually has a photograph like, oh, yeah, here's that time I elbowed the guy in the face outside of that mansion on Lake Como. But and I thought that was funny that he actually took the picture when yeah. he elbowed him. It's a, it's a funny move already. And then mm-hmm. to take the picture killed me. Uh, then we get a uh, opening gambit of Raiders of the Lost Ark kind of moment. Right. Where where uh, Jack Dalton is basically the Jacques waiting with the plane, in this case a boat. Yeah. And MacGyver's running towards him, start the boat, start yeah. the boat. Um, and so they he starts the boat and they jump in, but the bad guys also have a boat. Right. And they're following. What them. was the uh, Russian adventure where they they stole a boat and then immediately the bad guys stole the next boat over? Well, um, actually that was uh, also in Italy. Prisoner it, of conscience. Oh, oh, Prisoner of Conscience. At the very Sorry. beginning of Prisoner of Conscience. I thought we were talking about Indiana Jones still. Oh, no. I'm, I'm talking about uh, that one show that we do a podcast about. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was Prisoner of Conscience. <laughs> um, uh, the bad guys opened fire and uh, managed to damage MacGyver. The fuel line, yeah. essentially. I thought we might see like a recurrence of the enemy within like trying to pump something else into mm-hmm. the fuel line. To I get tried things. pumping Blake fluid into the engine and it didn't <laughs> it's work. Not, it's not working for some reason. Um, so MacGyver just switches off all the onboard lights, which basically casts them into complete darkness. And he he can tell somehow by I guess following the the droppage in the in the fuel line that they have exactly forty five seconds of fuel left mm-hmm. uh, at the rate that it's currently leaking. And so he hands over the biologic weapon to Jack, who doesn't want to take it. Yeah, he's like, to... nope, nope, keep it away from me. I don't want that. <laughs> Um, but eventually he, he takes it and MacGyver takes off his belt or his tie. Um, I think it's his tie. And then he, uh, he, and he, and he ties yeah. the, the steering wheel of the, of their boat into like a perfect, like left Circle, turn. Yeah. yeah. So that it'll, it'll loop around in the darkness and, and he instructs Jack to jump off with him so that the boat then crashes head on mm-hmm. into the boat that was chasing them because they don't see it coming anymore. Yeah. Uh, and so, both of them explode as though they were made out of plastic. Yeah, they just completely are annihilated. Yeah. And the guys on board. Yeah. Everyone's Presumably killed. everyone was killed. They're they're all We dead. don't see like people float up like, oh man, they got away. It's mm-hmm. just like just body parts. Because even in the prisoner of conscious boat chase, they jump off the boat and run before it explodes. Yeah. That's true. Uh, these guys are dead. <laughs> I think that was actually in the opening uh, credits for a while, that boat exploding. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, I mean, but these aren't the first dead bodies of this episode. We had that flashback with Jack. Yeah, just where he taking just, dudes like, out. Just headshotting guys one yeah. after the other. Just going for the turkey. <laughs> <laughs> um, they make it back to 
Nikki's van, uh, but when they get there, she's not inside. And they, they sort of back out of it, and then we see uh, Vinnie Jones has her at gunpoint. Yeah, uh, she, and she also has a black eye. She's already been kind of beaten. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and Vinnie Jones uh, has his character. He's playing John Kendrick. Here. Yeah, John Kendrick. Um, but Vinnie Jones is probably... I, I know him best from the Guy Ritchie movies. Yeah. Um, I mean, Bullet Tooth, Tony. Bullet Tooth and Snatch is really probably the best character that he's ever had. Mm-hmm. I love that character so much. Um, what's his name? Sphinx in uh, Gone in 60 Seconds, I think. Yeah. Because he, he doesn't he doesn't say anything, at least till the, till the very end. And he's also in Lockstock. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's in... What is the other Guy Ritchie early one? Swept Away. Mm, I can't remember. No, <laughs> don't there's... don't ever mention that movie. <laughs> no, not that one. Definitely not that. But uh, uh, and he also was Juggernaut. In, yeah. Uh, X Men uh, Three. Yeah. What? I never heard of that one. <laughs> Which, was it? Was it Three that had yeah, Juggernaut? It was. Yeah. It was X Three. But yeah, Vinnie Jones is awesome. He actually has a really funny bit as himself on Extras. Oh really? I, I haven't seen that. It's a really funny. I mean, Vinnie Jones is great. Now he was an actual soccer player. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a footballer, turn... they call them. Yeah. Turn, turned actor. Right. Um, and, uh, I mean, he's always great. He's always the tough guy. Um, and uh, <laughs> Very quotable in yeah. Snatch, though. That's probably where most of the lines I have memorized, other than, I'm the juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> which, which was shoehorned in. Yeah, in reference six- to a viral video mm-hmm. that someone edited from the original Fox animated series. I cannot believe they included that reference in the movie. Yeah. But, you know... That's what they did with that movie. <laughs> that is what they did. <laughs> um, yeah, but so he's got a gun to her head, and she's just basically saying, just give him the weapon, Mac. Mm-hmm. Or don't give him the yeah, weapon. Yeah, yeah. She, she, and she's standing precariously close to a... It's one of those types of roads where it's like literally on the edge of a cliff, and there's right. they just have a cobblestone wall that goes all the way down to the but water. But it's only like a foot tall. Yeah. And she's backing up against it like very strategically, like right up to like her her calves basically mm-hmm. and uh and she keeps getting closer and closer to it and um macgyver hands over the weapon and then before he can make any kind of move mm-hmm. vinnie jones shoots her in the shoulder and, and she, she goes tumbling off the cliff yep and then when macgyver runs up to try and catch her or help her in some way he also gets shot in the chest yeah and knocked over the edge so we don't know at this point what happened to jack yeah uh, we assume he was okay <laughs> because we immediately cut to this scene to the opening credits. Yeah, three months later. Uh, well, yeah, the opening credits first. Yeah, I mean, it's like let the sky fall. Yeah, it's a very skyfall kind of fall into the ocean, Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. Um, but like most shows nowadays, the opening credits are only like five seconds long. Yeah, I think um, in an interview I was reading that they they're about twenty one seconds altogether. Because there's like just a few clips here and there, insert shots of fuses being lit and wires being cut and things like that. Swiss Army knives folding and unfolding. Mm-hmm. And then we get a little bit of a theme song. Yeah. Um, they kind of mixed in the original theme song, but then uh, it moves into a it's different a, melody. Yeah, like an original. Um, but it's very soft. I feel like we'll probably get a, a more hard-hitting one as the show moves forward. Okay. But... Um, but right now it, it was very melodic. It was it was softer than I expected for for the MacGyver intro, just because I'm so used to the bombastic. Yeah. It's it's like listening to a whole piece, and and yeah. this, and we forget so much now that like 
modern shows just don't have, for the most part, just don't have opening credits. I mean, from anymore. what I understood, they actually had to fight to get 21 seconds of a theme song. Yeah. Like most shows are just like, yeah, we did our cold open. You know what show you're watching, and then you'll see the names of the people. Yeah. O- over, over the, the beginning few scenes, it, yeah. you're not gonna. We don't need to do like title cards for everybody. Um, I thought it was really interesting that the, uh, the the font that they chose to use for the opening credits as the show goes on, the exact same font for the blacklist. And that's another thing that I can see changing too, moving forward. I, I thought it was, I thought it was weird. Like, I mean, there are literally a hundred thousand or more fonts that you could choose from. I also really liked the MacGyver titling from all the promo material with the mm-hmm. Swiss army knife as the V. Yeah. And they dropped that for this intro. Uh, I don't mind that. I, 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 I feel for the promotional, like promotional use. Yeah, you have the, you have it in there, but I don't really need it for that. I don't know. I th- I think it looked pretty cool, and to have the explosion in the background mimicking yeah, yeah, the yeah. original title sequence, I just thought like that was pretty cool. Why didn't you stick with that? But you know, I, the show's obviously going to evolve as they go anyway. Yeah. Um, we cut to three months later, MacGyver running up some trails in Griffith Park, right? His original home. Yeah. If. Uh, if you'll recall, all the way back to our, our review of season one, episode one of the original series, uh, MacGyver lived in the Griffith Observatory mm-hmm. somehow. Um, this was long before the renovations. So here he just probably lives like off Griffith Park or like off yeah. Runyon. And, uh, and he just goes for, for his little hikes. But um, he comes back up to a cabin and there's a missile in his front yard. Yeah, it's just like right on the, right on the grass. Yeah. And uh, it's, it looks... Exactly like the missile from like all the promotional material for the original series, which mm-hmm. was the missile that they were diverting in Ugly Duckling. Right. And and, and it's just as light because he yeah, just lifts it up over his shoulder. It's clearly a prop missile because, yeah, he throws it over his shoulder and like leans it against the door. His roommates don't even ask him about it later. It's just yeah. there's a missile in our house now. and A missile. There's yeah. a missile in my house, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> Bonus points if you can identify that quote. <laughs> uh uh, yeah, inside we meet Wilt Bozer. Do I get the bonus points? Or... Yeah, if you do it. It's weird science, right? It's weird science, yeah. yeah. <laughs> those Sorry, are... folks. I'm claiming <laughs> those, those points already. Yep, those points are gone to Pat. Uh... <laughs> you guys didn't really have a fair shot at that. I'll, I'll, I'll reserve yeah. my guesses next time. <laughs> uh, Wilt Bozer, uh, MacGyver's wacky neighbor from much later in the series. I mean, it was after the move to Vancouver. Right. Uh, it was just kind of... Uh, Goofy neighbor character, mm-hmm. uh, but in this, this is his childhood friend. Yeah, um, who apparently is a fry cook who wants to be a filmmaker. Right. He he. Uh, they're supposed to be in L.A., but they're shooting in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at, everything at least shot for the pilot. LA. I don't know if that's well, going to be the long run. I mean, obviously that that scene where he's running up the the canyon. Yeah, that was definitely yeah. a local shoot, but I think everything else is Atlanta, except for obviously the the city establishing stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so the reason there's a missile is because Wilt is preparing to shoot a crazy action film with a Chinese uh, villain that will be played by MacGyver. And isn't he shooting it on a phone? Like, isn't the contest that he has to shoot the film on a phone? But yeah, he, he wants MacGyver to play the villain because MacGyver speaks fluent Mandarin, mm-hmm. which we already heard him speak Italian earlier at yeah. Lake Como. And so now we know of at least two languages beyond English that he speaks. I think in the original series... Over the course of 139 episodes, MacGyver reveals his ability to speak or understand five languages mm-hmm. beyond English. 
So we're already up to two for this one. Uh, and the reason Wilt is so excited to see him and make him breakfast that morning is that Wilt is still trying to help him out over the loss of Nikki. Right. But again, because Wilt does not know MacGyver's real identity as far as the work that he does. Yeah, he thinks he works like IT at some random company. Right. And he also believes that Nikki, although was MacGyver's girlfriend, uh, died in a car crash. Right. Uh, um, MacGyver is not happy with the choice of name for the villain, uh, which is Wang. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he, he agrees to be in Wilt's film only if he changes the name. Right. Uh, but and Wilt seems to think that it's going to require massive rewrites. I think they're going to change it to Wangus. <laughs> That's my theory. MacGyver goes to take a shower, and he has a flashback about uh, some training of between him and Nikki. Right. Where they were, like, I guess... They were working out in a gym. Mm-hmm, and doing some mock fighting. And then suddenly she was handcuffed to the machine. Mm-hmm. And so he's able to get up close to her and talk about how important it is to be able to improvise things. And then he says, like, for example, watch me take this bobby pin, which he slips out of her hair, yeah. and use it to pick these cuffs. And then she's like, put them back on. And I don't think that was a bobby pin. I think it was a barrette. But he calls it a bobby pin. He calls pin. it a bobby pin. But he's done that before on the show, though. He's it, called things bobby pins that I didn't think were bobby pins. Yeah, like a bobby pin to me is just... Like, obviously, a Brett goes in your hair, too, but Brett, to me, is more stylish. Right. Like, it's, it's more of a statement. Cause well, there, a, were, there were diamonds and stuff on it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't, yeah. like... It's like borderline brooch. Yeah, it's like, I, 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 don't, I don't see anyone bedazzling their bobby pins when they, uh, when they put them in their hair. This is not the discussion you were expecting when you tuned into a MacGyver podcast. No. Talking about bedazzling. <laughs> <laughs> Starring Brendan Fraser. Right. You know, I called him Fraser. Pretty much all of my life. You know what? I've been calling him that up until just now. Yeah. Is it, it Fraser? It's Fraser. It's not Fraser. That's not how you spell it. <laughs> I've always said Brendan Fraser. Yeah, look at F R A S E R. I know how it's spelled. Yeah. I just assumed it was pronounced Fraser for some reason. That's why he's not lie. in movies anymore because he got upset about. Like, like, if you're not going to say it right, then I don't know why I keep showing up to work. It's like a Michael Bolton thing. He's like, you can just, you, you can just call me Fraser. <laughs> What? <laughs> uh, I might be wrong on that. I think I think that I think I'm right. I, though. I think it's Frazier. Don't think it is. Well, agree to be wrong. Yeah. So uh, after that, so after the flashback, we get uh, Patricia Thornton comes back in. Right. She just wanders into the house, which Pete had a habit of doing. So this is in line with the character. She's just at his home. Yeah, she has the same privilege that uh, that I, previous Pete had. I feel like if I were his roommate, though, I would be like, it's a little bit weird that your boss just walks in. Yeah. Like, did you give her an extra key? Do we even, does our house use a key? It, it doesn't look like MacGyver's house requires a key. It no. seems like it's it's pretty open. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like that the last home that he lived in. Uh, for season seven, where it's kind of like free for all, anybody can walk in whenever they want, none of the doors lock. Yeah. And five people live in the same room. Well, I mean, I'm assuming he just has Wilt as his roommate, though. I yeah. think that's his only roommate. Yeah, it's just a big place for the two of them. Yeah. If he's a fry cook, like MacGyver must be pulling in bank from DXS. Yeah. Um, she comes in with a disturbing video of, I guess it's a research station in Greenland where. People started getting sick and suffering, like, like they're like bleeding from the nose. Mm -hmm. it looks like Ebola symptoms. 
and maybe then, like uh, World War Z. And uh, so they all die. And so the CDC was called in and they quarantined the area and they suspect it was some kind of uh, not only a virus, but a virus that was per- perhaps unearthed uh, from deep within some yeah, ice were, drilling. Like it, They're double bad guys because not only did they invent this weapon by actually just discovering it in the wild, but they were fracking at the time that they discovered it. Yeah, this. that's even worse. Yeah, so it's like, oh my God, you're ruining the environment and you're killing all the people in it. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Um, so they suspect that this was the virus that they attempted to secure in Italy yeah. three months ago. So we cut now to D- official DXS headquarters. Yeah, we're getting an overhead shot of the building, which I think will only be in this episode, Yeah, right? from, from what it seems. Yeah, so we're, this is the DXS, which was the home of MacGyver and Pete for the first season of the original series. Mm-hmm. Um, season two, they unceremoniously dropped it for the Phoenix Foundation without really giving much of a mention to the Switch. And then later on, they, they brought DXS back into the mix as kind of like the evil version yeah. of Phoenix Foundation that's like all looped into the federal side of things and, and every single DXS agent that we meet from that point on is like corrupt and evil. Yeah, or being hypnotized. Yeah. Uh, so they're still, apparently after the, these last three months, they've, still been, they've been trying to decrypt Nikki's data. Right, because um, they have her laptop, but they, they don't have any of her information because... She's a hacker, so her computer would be naturally very difficult to get into. Yeah, um, but God, three months. It seems like, it seems like the like. It seems like at this point, all your trails will be extremely cold. After. Yeah, I think I think they made a mistake with having him get shot in such a way that it would take him an unbelievable amount of time to recover. Yeah, it should have it should have like been a graze, or or something because. Three months is way too long. Like, a lot happens in three months. Yeah, he's still just sitting here at the back of the truck with her laptop. Yeah. Three months later. Uh, so it just seems a little odd that they have, they have no other leads at this point. Yeah. So Jack recommends a hacker that he is familiar with. Yeah. He and doesn't explain his connection to this person. <clears throat> but, but, yeah. He, said, he seems to think that she's on par with Nikki in terms of hacking skills. Mm-hmm. But... There's a catch. She is in prison. Right. And not only prison, but she's in like Supermax federal yeah. prison. Yeah, she's in Supermax. And her when uh, Jack pulls her file to show to show like her resume. <laughs> it's all blacked it's, out. Yeah, it's all redacted. It's like, this is all black ink, Jack. He's like, yeah, it's a pretty good resume, don't you think? Uh, he has a lot of great things in here. Yeah, everything everything she does is illegal and and top secret. But like, she, she, without bragging this specifically she kind of implies that she's basically a, a hacker robin hood yeah that everything she does is for the right reasons and she'd do mm-hmm. it all again if she had the opportunity um she also has a uh a f- previous relationship with jack not of a romantic nature but, but an they aggressive don't make that nature. very clear right away i thought that i thought the implication was at first that that this was his daughter Oh, okay. Because when he well, said, "Well, then you were you were looking deeper than I was," because it just seemed like it was a jilted lover situation. Like, uh, where did you go? You just disappeared, and then I got arrested. Are uh, you the reason I'm here? Because you're coming back with some agency, and I'm yeah. in a federal prison. Uh, so yeah, uh, Jack confesses some things to her that when they met, he was working undercover with the CIA, but now he's working for an organization that the CIA doesn't even know about. And she knows about it. Yeah, she goes. So you're DXS. She's super late informed yeah 
And he's like, see what I'm talking about, Mac? She knows what she's doing. Um, Jack will later, later reveal that uh, uh, he dated Riley Davis's mother. Right. And see, so I thought, again, I thought where this was going to go was I dated her mother for a while. I was like, oh, like 20 years ago? Yeah. Like dated? Much yeah, like, yeah. like Dalton James on MacGyver? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like how, what is the nature of this back and forth that you have here? But he, then he says that basically he dated her mother while her mother was still with her stepfather. Yeah. And that when her stepfather came home, he like, he tried to pick a fight with her mom mm-hmm. and then he roughed up the stepdad. Yeah. And so she thinks he just beat up her stepdad and was like a cheating jerk. Yeah. So yeah, so she doesn't much care for him. Although I feel like that it's not really pushed. Like she, she's not uncooperative with him. Yeah. She, she just has like a little bit more of a, a bite in her comeback. Yeah. With him. And it's not like if he came back and was abusive to her mom, that that was like the first time he'd ever exhibited those signs. Like, yeah. I bet she kind of hated her stepdad already mm-hmm. and doesn't really care that much that he beat him up. Yeah. But it's more about like putting her mom in that awkward position. Like the back of a Volkswagen? <laughs> uh, so MacGyver and Jack are taking Riley out, and Patricia is totally against it. She's like, you can't just bring this person along. This is, well, I need her unless you want the whole planet to die. So, all right then. <laughs> yeah, so I guess she's on the team, right? And then it's funny because Patricia's like, yeah, I guess we're all going to die. <laughs> sure, that's fine. Approved. Yeah, approved. If we're all going to die anyway... Then, yeah, yeah, might as go well. Go ahead and take her. And so she wanders out into the garage where they have the car parked, and the guy's still fiddling with this laptop. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, you know, it's just a, a problem. We have to be so careful with it. And she's like, oh, do we? And picks up a hammer and just knocks the mother drive out of the laptop. Yeah, yeah. Which she, is, like, needlessly harsh with it. Yeah, like, I mean, you can just... very easily have destroyed it. Yeah, the the unless it's a Mac, accessing a laptop on a hard, uh, uh, hard drive on a laptop is very easy, usually. Yeah. Because it's usually the first thing people want to be able to upgrade other than RAM. Yeah. So it, it's it's in your best interest to make it accessible. Yeah. And so uh, she just busts it off and says, we'll flip it to read only, copy the entire drive, and then we should be able to see the material and avoid all the logic bombs that you keep crashing into. Yeah. Because basically he's trying to run a, a decoder, but he's getting probably memory yeah. leaks that are killing it every time. Yeah. Because it's like... If this, then this. And mm-hmm. the computer's like, well, that doesn't make sense. Shutting down, like HAL <laughs> 9000 style. Um, I read a, a funny, like, like, com- like so it wasn't even a comic. It was just like a, a mock kind of joke conversation, like some of the conversations you post. But it was like, so it was like someone being sent to the store says, can you pick me up a carton of milk? And if they have eggs, bring six. And so he returns with six cartons six of milk. Six cartons of milk and like, no eggs. Well, why did you bring six cartons? Because they had eggs. <laughs> <laughs> and it's his problems as a programmer. <laughs> yeah. I think I've seen that one. Uh, so they uh, decrypt Nikki's hard drive, and they are able to find a bunch of facial recognition uh, 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 alerts that had happened while MacGyver... See, MacGyver was recording everything on his uh, glasses. Right. He couldn't see the feed that Nikki was getting. Yeah. And while while the feed was coming through, Nikki was like... Scanning pinging. all the faces against terrorist right. cells. So she had a list of all the people who were at this party. And they find... Immediately, they find Vinnie Jones's character, and as well as a uh, another character, a wanted Chinese uh, terrorist. And MacGyver, at this point, is furious because he thinks that they just missed the opportunity. Yeah. He's just like, oh, man, he was at the party and we didn't catch him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
now the next step is a little bit crazier. Yeah. They they take Vinny's well, there there's one part that makes sense to me. They they zoom in on Vinny's watch, mm-hmm. they see the time that it's set to and determine what time zone he spends right. his time in mm-hmm. because he they can tell from the hands of the watch what the time was set yeah, to. Yeah, he did not reset his watch when he arrived in Italy. Right. Which is a thing I can believe a person would do. So they use that to determine, okay, well, he's on the West Coast. And then they're like, well, let's check the cameras yeah. on the West Coast. All, all of, them? of them? Yeah. Yeah. We have a thing. We could just log right in, scan all the cameras, every traffic camera and security camera on the entire West Coast. Yeah. They, they, they person of interest, this whole thing of like all this data is being recorded live and you can just flip a switch and you have someone's yeah. face. And now, so 46 hours later, oh no, no, 46 seconds, seconds. later. Um, Jack does have a good line though. Yeah, I, I wrote it down too because he's just like, she's like, that doesn't sound real. <laughs> uh, and I agree. Real? I, I don't think it does sound real. That doesn't sound real. Not real. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they get a ping right away in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but there's like three other terrorists sitting around the table with them. Yeah. And it's like, why don't we run this scan? All, all the, the time. time. <laughs> it only takes 46 seconds to run. All, with, all these faces were already in our database of like terrorist organizations. Why aren't we always scanning for all of these people so that we know where they are at least? Um, but so now the plan is we got to go to San Francisco. Yep. We got to bring this new member of our team that we've tricked Patricia into approving. This is this is this is becoming a lot of fun. Right. <laughs> um, they're part of the next part of their plan is to get to the hotel that they're all staying at, the villains, and to. I guess they don't know what room they're in, so they're just going to have the whole hotel evacuate. They know they're in their room. Yeah. So they're going to have the hotel evacuated so that they can get everybody out front. So they start a uh, fake smoke fire with some uh, muriatic acid, some ammonia. Which is familiar from the beginning of, uh, I want to say, DOA MacGyver. Mm -hmm, After he meets with his buddy in that warehouse um, and he gets his information, Mm -hmm. he dumps it all over the ground to create a smoke screen and then gets shot through a window yeah um but we've seen muriatic acid and ammonia elsewhere on the show we also have used dry ice to simulate a fire mm-hmm. that caused a courthouse to be evacuated when they needed to get someone out of the building in right the right, right um but yeah it works uh as intended here there's uh chaos as everyone's trying to run out of the building um i also think that um you just pull the fire alarm <laughs> yeah, that's the whole point of that whole thing. Because because it seemed like where they were pumping... Because see, in the prodigal, he put the smoke bomb in the ventilation system. Right. So it made sense. It's but also, they didn't think it was a fire. They thought it was a terrorist attack. Yeah. It's like, they're pumping something through the vents and freaking out. Like, we need, we all need to get out of here yeah. right now. But this... It seems like they were just trying to set off a smoke alarm. Yeah. Which, those are really easy to set off. Because there's any, handles all over the place. Yeah, you just... You don't even, and then if if you just need the alarm to go off, yeah, then just pull the handle and set it off. Yeah, if the guys aren't going to leave because of that sound, then they weren't going to leave when you set it off with real smoke. Either. Yeah, because the bad guys can't see the smoke; they're yeah. in a room like four floors up. Yeah, uh, but everyone's leaving. Yeah, but everyone and leaves in the chaos in the lobby. MacGyver looks down over the balcony, and who does he see? Nikki Carpenter. Oh my God! What? Standing right at the bottom of the stairs, and she runs. Yeah, she sees him and freaks and runs off. MacGyver's trying to get Jack's attention so he doesn't seem to have just disappeared. Yeah. And he's like, Jack, 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 come here, Jack. And then he just goes after her because yeah. Jack's not responding fast enough. So he chases her out into the alley 
and we get a very very shaky cam. Uh, right. There is no steady cam on this on this camera operator. No. Um, we get through one alley. Um, MacGyver crashes into a dude halfway down it. Mm-hmm. But then uh, once we get into the halfway point, uh, she makes a hard right for a car that just skidded up. And as she's getting into it, Vinnie Jones is getting out of it and starts shooting at MacGyver. Yeah. And now it's now he's the one being chased. Yeah. As he heads back down the next alley. It, it's clear now that they are in cahoots. Right. Um, and MacGyver gets all the way down to, is it a dead end at the end of the alley? No, but he has a plan to, to take Vinnie Jones out. Right. So, uh, he finds the emergency, like it's a fire escape, but it's not the kind of fire escape where the ladder comes straight down. It's kind of like a, like a, like a it staircase drops down diagonally. that comes down. Yeah. yeah. It's like one of the, it's like uh, stairs to your attic. Yeah. And, uh, there's a, there's a cable that you would pull to lower the steps. Yeah. It's attached to a counterweight. Right. That, that would bring it back up. Yeah. Uh, so he... He loosens the pin so that he can do so a quick So that the counterweight is separated. Yeah. So as soon as Vinnie Jones comes in proximity, he pulls the pin, and the stairs come down immediately and kill Vinnie Jones. Yeah, he's dead. He's 100% dead. 100% dead. There's no, no way you survive this. No, he's, he's – he, I guess he's okay. Yeah. Just well, he's Vinnie Jones, though, too. Yeah, so that's true. We have to take I mean, that into account. You, you think this is the worst blow I've taken to his head? Yeah. Uh, Not even today. <laughs> <laughs> Cut myself shaving with a barbell. But uh, so now we have bloody Vinnie Jones in the back of their car Mm. and uh, they're kind of interrogating him to figure out what's going on. Yeah. And all signs point to him not being the mastermind here. Yeah. I mean, he's not implicating himself as an idiot, but he's, he's just saying, look, I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And this lady's in charge. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nikki's behind all of this. And then he's like, "Ah, I don't think so. There's no way. What are you holding over her head? Nikki wouldn't do this kind of thing. And he said, uh, here's what I'm holding over her head. She has $5 million in a bank account somewhere. Yeah, she got paid. That's what she, That's yeah. what's being held over her head. Yeah. Um, I like also that what I thought was going to happen earlier on when, when he first sees Nikki, I thought he was going to try to convince – he was going to have to convince Jack that he saw her. Because much like um, in Love's Lost, Lost, when, Lost Love. Lost Love. I do that every time <laughs> uh, when MacGyver sees the girl. Yeah, he sees – Alyssa Davalos, who yeah. would go on to play Nikki yeah. Carpenter, but in that episode was Lisa Kohler. But Jack tries to convince him in that episode that, hey, man, I know because it's because you're upset and you miss her and it's just it's, she's not real. She's yeah. gone. Um, and he has to prove it to her. Yeah. But, but he this, doesn't have to prove it to Pete when he says that he saw Murdoch. Yeah. But then Murdoch also died like eight times already yeah, by then. Yeah, it's like I was, if you said Murdoch was alive even now, I would okay. believe you. Take some time off. Go find him. I'm going to pretend you're on like a medical leave. Just yeah. go get him. But uh, in this episode, when as soon as he says, Nikki's alive, I saw her. He's like, all right, well, let's go get her. Yeah, Jack's like, she's alive? Well, then let's find out. Like, yeah. I mean, he doesn't question it. He, like, he doesn't, there's not a hint of, like, he's like, if you say you saw her, I believe you, and we're going to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. Uh, so I really liked that. I like that they are so close in this. Yeah, that even if something sounds completely crazy, it's like, Hey, yeah, I'm in charge of saying the crazy stuff. So if you say something crazy, it must be actually going on. Exactly. So uh, Nikki is involved in this willingly. Uh, so uh, they basically, in any other TV show, this would have been the scene where they put a gun to his head and make him call her to get information. Mm-hmm. But that always bothers me when they do that because there's no reason for the person not to be like, 
They're forcing me to call you. Yeah. Because these people aren't going to just shoot him in the head like here in this truck. Well, that's why you you, you have a, a call in code. Yeah. That you you tell you say a certain phrase yeah, or have, word. Yeah. This if word you're means. Under duress. Yeah. And since they don't even want to risk that, they uh, they call her up with his phone, but they somehow have generated a talk to text program that speaks in Vinnie Jones's voice that basically carries on their half of the conversation. And she says, look, I can't talk to you right now. I'm headed to the airport. Mm -hmm. And they kind of determine which airport she's talking about going right. to um, based on the other sounds that they can hear. And, uh, and so now the, the plan is to track her down before she can get out of, out of the area. Uh, Jack is trying to decide based on engine noises what airport she could be approaching because of the typical flight patterns in the area. Right. And also the engines sounded like they were too small to be a, a large airport like SFO or... Right. Uh, or is it Oakland? Oakland and SFO? Those, yeah. those are the two. But either way, I mean, it's going to be a small airport because this is a TV show. Right. <laughs> They're not going to shut down a full-size airport for right, one right, day right. shooting. But they tell them to shut down airports anyway. They said no ground ground all flights right. from any small strips. Right. Um, I guess the pilots though don't get that memo because this guy's uh, just taking off. Yeah. Um, and so I thought, oh well, because they're bad guys, they're not going to obey yeah. the rules. But then they don't seem like they are. They just seem yeah. like they're hired pilots. Maybe somehow the signal is getting hijacked. That's supposed to be telling them. But they should be in direct communication with the yeah with control. So yeah, I don't know. But uh, the guy playing the pilot here is uh, the actor's name is Kenneth Israel, and he actually plays one of the Secret Service agents uh, in House of Cards. Okay. So it's not his first uh, job with uh, Sandrine Holt. Mm -hmm. uh, we actually have another character um, who played... Uh, it's one of the guards, so it's hard to say which guard it is, but... I think I, think I know which one you're talking about, yeah, though. Yeah, but one of the other guards had a House of Cards credit. Um, but yeah, there's so many guards in this episode that I don't know which one's supposed to be which. Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, one of the actors who's playing a guard is Roy Coulter. Who was like a Air Force, like he was like he he joined up with the Air Force like reserves, and then he went full time. Yeah. And then he when he was done with that, he wanted to become an actor again. Really fascinating story for this guy. Um, and his like his first role was I think was his first role was like as a ref in like We Are Marshall. Oh yeah yeah I saw this guy's IMDb page. Yeah. He's the one he's he was a guard on Walking Dead. Like he plays yeah, guards. And, yeah, guards and referees. That's yeah. all he ever plays. He was a prison uh, guard in Fast Eight actually. Yeah. So that's the one that's that has yet to come out, and uh, he'll he'll also be a cop in Spider-Man: Homecoming, which yeah, I'm yeah, increasingly exactly. nervous about. Um, Why? Because uh, I'm not a huge Zendaya fan. Okay. And so I think that's that's um, an odd choice, and the title Homecoming seems odd. Like there's yeah. a lot of stuff about it that just just seems a little bit off to me. But I'm reserving judgment. I'm not as bothered right, by right, this right. as I was by signing on Mark Webb because that, I knew that was going to be a problem when it happened. It's like, you can't just pick this guy cause his name's Webb. Yeah. Two on the nose. guys. <laughs> um, so as they arrive at the airport, uh, a jet is taking off. Yeah. So MacGyver runs and chases down the air. Uh, it's like a Lear jet, like a twin. And he's catching Lear. up to this thing, like at takeoff speed. Yeah. And, uh, he manages to jump onto the landing gear. The first thing I noticed when he gets on the landing gear is that, as a small plane, this is going to have a very small wheel well for the landing gear to come right. up into. And so this isn't like a passenger plane where you could conceivably ride along up here. Well, yeah. but Even then I mean, you freeze to death yeah, or die, die from pressurization. You, you, you die. But people but, have survived those flights. Yeah. But here he would be crushed by the wheels retracting into the plane. Luckily which is they why don't. 
Well, they don't because he prevents them from doing so. But by, also, even if before he prevented it, the, those wheels would have come up have come long up, yeah. before that. Almost plane as was soon that as high. they leave the ground, they should be folding up into the plane. But he's able to find the cable and cut the line to prevent the the wheels from coming up. Right. He sees a lot of different cabling and piping and stuff like that. But he doesn't want to kill everybody. Yeah. He just wants to force the plane to land. And the pilot, even though he disregarded the orders for the plane to be grounded, uh, is alerted enough by the um, failure the, of landing the, gear. Yeah, the landing gear not retracting to turn around and land. Right. And Nikki is, of course, on the plane by herself and very upset by this. Right. And she tries to bust into the cockpit, but they're not letting her in. Right. So once they land, Nikki's got her gun out and ready, ready to shoot. Yeah. And suddenly... Uh, Jack already has a gun on her. Yeah, I love that too. He's like, he's like, put that gun down. I'm gonna put a bullet in you for real. Yeah, <laughs> he he is he has no. He's done with these games. Yeah, uh, he, she hurt MacGyver, and he is upset about it. Yeah, but, in, fact, in fact, when he first interrogates Vinnie Jones, he's like, he's punching her. Like, that's for shooting my friend there and killing his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then MacGyver gets in between the two of them because he doesn't want to see either one of these two people get shot, despite the fact that she's pretty. Uh, heavily betrayed him just yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he gets closer and closer to her until she's basically pressing the gun into his neck. And he's just telling her, you got to tell us where this weapon is. And she's she, at the last moment, tries to rationalize it, but the rationalizing doesn't really hold any water. Yeah. The, sh- they suspect that she's already sold the virus. And she's like, well, I had to sell it because our government was going to have it. Yeah, what do you think the government was going to do with it? It's like, was the government going to kill millions of people here in San Francisco like the guy you sold it to is going to in just a minute? Yeah. I don't understand, like, what what worse were they going to do with it? And at this point, like, she's definitely... I feel... I have a hard time with this because I have a feeling that they're going to try to redeem her in some way. But she's already murdered people in Greenland and uh, yeah. the research team. And we assume that that was now, looking back at it, we assume that that was a test. Right. To prove that the virus exists and it works. Yeah. Um, we also and kn- she she saw Vinnie Jones at the party and didn't say the, anything, meaning yeah. that she was already totally on board on their side of right. the team at that on that mission. Also, probably a reason that she heavily encrypted her computer. Yeah. Uh, to not have that information get circulated. Also, probably would have been pretty easy to just take your computer with you. Yeah. Uh, since. The, she was still alive, and Vinnie Jones had a gun when we last saw him and Jack on the bridge. Yeah, because MacGyver and Nikki fell off the bridge. Uh, Jack was unconscious, maybe. You set the just set the van on yeah. fire. Yeah, set the van on fire. Take the laptop. Drive the van away. Yeah, any any Lots one of, of those here. things would have been perfect. But uh, they left it behind. Maybe I mean we don't know what happened. Maybe a bunch of other operatives descended in right at the last second. Yeah. and he just had to run for it. Oh well, you know what? It is revealed that um, they weren't involved with the party right so that that could be it because they were there to steal it just as much as macgyver was oh, okay sure. um because uh because they'd say that uh, vinnie jones was just another broker trying to steal it so that he could sell it yeah and that's why they were getting so many different faces on there on the uh visual is yeah. because all of these people are part of criminal networks that are yeah. all here to steal the same thing so Basically, MacGyver uh, forces her, uh, Nikki to say it is like she says, "We need to get out of here because he's going to drop that virus here on us." And it's like, "No, we're not going to leave." So if you don't tell us where it is, we're all going to die, yourself included. Yeah. Um, I thought I didn't think that that would work because she seems pretty committed 
to the cause of killing people in San Francisco yeah. for no reason. Yeah. Um, but, but then we just get one of those hard cuts like, well, guess what? That person was convinced Yep. to a truck driving on a freeway. It's a military truck mm-hmm. with like a uh, canvas yeah. top. And, uh, it's a troop transport truck. Yeah. You know? And we're basically getting Jack Dalton as MacGyver's pilot, mm-hmm. you know, old-fashioned Jack Dalton style, um, just coming down uh, fast on the top of this car on the freeway. It's pretty cool. Th- they don't hear it, apparently. Yeah. Um, and MacGyver just jumps from the helicopter onto the roof of the car and Swiss Army knives his way into it and uh, basically takes a hard landing into the back of this truck right. where... There's a giant bomb just completely wrapped in C4. Yeah. And in the very center of it is this tube of this biological weapon. So my problem with this is what MacGyver, MacGyver supposes or surmises that... They're going to make it into like a basically an aerosol and yeah. air blast it to everyone. But, but I, I feel like it would just be destroyed. Yeah, I think I think the virus would just be incinerated by I mean, the explosion. The problem with biological warfare is that it's biological. And yeah. if, if you expose it to too much heat, it mm-hmm. just burns away. I mean, obviously, like this isn't uh, VX poison gas. That can only be destroyed by plasma. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Maybe it is, though. Maybe it's that's a, true, that's a true. close organic relative to that. Thermite plasma. I think that's what it was in the really? rock. Is that what it, the implication of the gas in that movie is that it can only be destroyed by thermite plasma? Yeah. Jeez. Like, uh, that, that was the thing. Like, that's pretty cool, actually. Because uh, normal gases can be burned up by fire, but this stuff was designed specifically to withstand those countermeasures. Man, I hope they get Michael Bay to come direct an episode of this. I would love to see a Michael Bay MacGyver. He's busy with Transformers. You leave that man alone. He's got <laughs> other important things they to do. They got Joe Dante out. Joe Dante's... You got other things to do. I love Joe Dante. Yeah. Transformers, man. Oh, I'm so excited. He can direct one MacGyver between each two Transformers movies <laughs> for the rest of his rest 50 of his Transformer life. movie career. I mean, man, I, there's somebody who, like, James Cameron wants to keep making Avatar movies. Like, why commit yourself to that franchise? Like, Michael Bay's got it right. Like, yeah. he's making movies about giant robots exploding mm-hmm. all over the planet. So, yeah, MacGyver sees the bomb, and he's trying to defuse it. And there's a great moment... Um, which we think was intentional when he opens right. up the bomb casing, it's just a bunch of green wires. Yeah. And I, I read an interview. I want to say the, the original, it might've been from their Comic-Con appearance. And then it was reported on slash film, I believe. Uh, but these guys making this show are fans of MacGruber as you and I are mm-hmm. very good fans of the show. And, uh, and so we definitely think this was a clear reference to when uh, MacGruber opens up the missile at the end of the film. Yeah. And he's like, oh, there's like a bunch of wires in here. I'm usually like a three-wire guy. Oh, oh there's a green one. Ah, oh, there's like a bunch of green. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he's like, it's just a pack of like 30 green wires in a row. And I know, I know it was a reference to it. Yeah. Like even Lucas Till said, you know, we do a few takes and then we do one MacGruber take. And it's like, I just want to see you guys cut a, one episode out of just MacGruber takes. That would be amazing. I hope that's on a DVD somewhere. Because I would, I would kill to see Lucas Till just impersonating MacGruber yeah. in, in the realistic settings of this, this show. I'd like to get a throat rip in. I think that's going to be you, big guy. <laughs> going for the turkey. You really want that turkey, don't you? Go for it. Oh, my God. Such a great movie. 
<laughs> but yeah, so there's a bunch of green wires, and uh, I don't remember. Well, how to he get just that. cuts one at random. Just, just, yeah. I guess that works. Yeah, he he just starts cutting one, cutting the wires, and the bomb starts ticking down. I think it starts at two minutes. Yeah. At this time, though, one of the bad guys has had time to realize that there's something going on. Yeah. And it sounds a lot louder back there than it did before. Maybe someone tore open the tarp and climbed into the back of the truck. Or maybe there's a gigantic helicopter flying yeah. above us. Because he is still there. Yeah. Um, he's still there to the point when the guy starts fighting with MacGyver. He just reaches his hand out of the window and tosses a gun down yeah, to he him. Just, he just drops a gun into the back of this truck like, Hey, Mac! Incoming! And he just drops the gun down, and MacGyver takes it and just clocks it's, the guy yeah. in the face with it. It's like, that's not exactly what I was expecting, but I don't know why the one you were expecting. He doesn't use guns. He's, yeah. made it, he's made it clear even over the course of this one mission that he doesn't use guns. Um, I, I thought what was going to happen was I thought Jack was going to try to shoot him out of the helicopter window. And he just dropped the gun he on just accident. Went, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been pretty funny, too, actually. He'd uh, <laughs> be like, Dory Mac, I got him. Uh, can you uh, get him? <laughs> uh, that's my favorite gun, actually. Is there any way you can grab that? Don't lose that gun. I'm kind of dying right now. Uh, so MacGyver is now trapped on the truck with the bomb. He's grabbed the virus, so now the virus can't be destroyed by the bomb. So he knows he has to get off the truck, but they're going too fast. Um, why they don't stop the truck driver? I know they only have 30 seconds, but I think if you took the helicopter and like... Yeah, it kind of seems like they weren't expecting it to go off. Maybe they didn't realize the timer had been accelerated. Yeah. But MacGyver takes the... The the canvas. The, the, yeah. The canvas from the top of the truck. I guess he has enough time to rip more of it off. Yeah. And then... He has 30 seconds. Yeah. And then he builds it into a parachute a la uh, the wasteland mm -hmm. and just lifts himself up into the air with the, with the passing wind of them driving full speed on the freeway. And uh, he kind of just drifts into the other lane of traffic. Yeah. He doesn't completely get off the freeway, and cars are having to skid around him, but the truck we see in the distance just explodes. Yeah, it's got first, like, a minor explosion. Yeah, you go, the first oh. thing goes off, and you're like, okay, this, this is, like, typical TV moment where they're like, oh, this is going to kill everybody, but mm -hmm. that was not big enough to, boom, yeah. like, a secondary explosion. And, uh, yeah, that could have that could have done some damage, potentially. Uh. So the uh, with the day saved, like they come running, like they land the helicopter. Yeah, Jack police. sets it down on the freeway and yeah. just runs up to Mac. Uh, so they save the day. Virus is back in the custody, or or is now in the custody of uh, the DXS. Right. Whether or not they like, immediately, him. we're going to use this on innocent people yep. somewhere, just we're, like Nikki told you we would. <laughs> we're going to Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> just a, yeah, a different American city. They're not even going to use it overseas. The uh, back at Mac's place, he is. Uh, burning all of Nikki's stuff. Right. He, in their fireplace in the middle of their living room? Yeah, it's... We don't get, like, a wide shot to reveal, like, a chimney spout mm -hmm. from the center of the room, so it kind of looks like he's just burning things in the middle of his house. Yeah. I mean, I think it might be outdoors, but even so, it's in a covered area. Yeah. Like, they're under a roof, so if he is... I think it has to be just a giant living room that actually has, like, a fireplace hole mm -hmm. right directly above this fire pit in the living room, but... I just and maybe they even had a wide shot where you see that, but I I just missed it. Yeah, I didn't see it. So it looks like he's just trying to cause problems and make yeah. their house smell like burnt photos. Ugh, the worst. Uh, even Bozer comes in now and uh, sees Riley, and is immediately smitten. Yeah. Uh, and starts hitting on her instantly. Yeah, and uh, of course uh, Jack's all yeah she's uh, her name's hands off yeah. or off limits I think. Yeah, off limits. 
Um, Which all- is weird. It's like, what are you laying claim to her? Like, yeah. As far as we know, she's not romantically involved with anybody. Like, this could this could work. She could end up with him. But they they claim that she's a new hire of their IT firm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I guess one of the things that MacGyver was considering burning was the Phoenix necklace. Yeah. I'm from- not sure because Riley just seems to grab it and have it all of a sudden. Yeah. And she know she wants to know what's this about. Um, she says, "Oh, we got that in Cairo." Yeah. Which, which there was a running gag that they kept saying, like, "Don't bring up Cairo." Cairo's like was a bad situation. Yeah. Um, and the necklace is uh, kind of like a little wood token carving of a phoenix. Yeah, not unlike the logo for this very podcast. Yeah. We we have a pending lawsuit. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. We are uh, we're pressing charges in the morning when this episode posts. So we're putting you on high alert. Yeah. Creators of the show. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> we're suing MacGyver. <laughs> uh, we have a copyright on birds. Didn't you know that? Yeah. We copy um, all birds. All mythological birds yeah. are copywritten. <laughs> Yet again, uh, Patricia Thornton wanders into the home and says, so uh, good news, bad news. Y'all get to keep the same jobs that you had, but we're going to do them in a different place. Mm-hmm. The DXS has been shut down. Which is kind of a fast-forwarding of the first season of the original series, where we didn't see uh, Phoenix Foundation until the human factor. Uh, Pete brings it up when they're in the limo on the way to Strata. Um, But here, um, yeah, they don't even have a name for the new facility yet, and they're saying... She's basically giving them the opportunity to just spitball a name. Yeah, yeah, they, 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 they get to go, you guys get to name it. It's like, Why? Yeah. But, okay. But Jack's like, I vote we call it the Three Amigos. And uh, and then Riley's like, uh, yeah, Three Amigos means three guys, doesn't it? Which it doesn't. Well, so it means he says, th- well, it means three male friends. Well, it means three friends. It's like, yeah. yeah. It, you, I mean, in Spanish, you can use the masculine to, to be ambiguous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and he's like, ah, I think you need to brush up on your Spanish. And then, uh, I can't remember, he pitches another name, too. But then... Uh, MacGyver yeah, says, wild stallions or something like that, or the, the, the rogue sta- sta- something stallion. Yeah, there you go. It was something like that, and then uh, and then MacGyver says he's looking at the medallion again of the of the phoenix rising from the ashes and from Cairo, and he says phoenix. When we call it phoenix, and then he's like, oh, you really want to name this place after a bird? <laughs> and then he you know goes into the metaphor of the phoenix rising from the ashes, which is it's 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 actually an apt metaphor. Yeah. To finish the episode of. Um, you know, it's it's about rebuilding the organization from the ground up as the Phoenix Foundation mm-hmm. from DXS, but it's also about this show and how it's trying to re rebirth the original series as something new, and it wants you know it wants people to give it the opportunity, and I'm ready to. I, yeah. I thought this was actually a pretty cool pilot. Yeah, it's it's good. Um, we have one little button at the end of the episode. Of, the the uh, last line, though, I want to point out for the episode is them saying the Phoenix Foundation and then laughing. So we actually like that's that's cool that the name yeah. of the podcast got mentioned right there at the end. Yeah, it was, it was really it was a really clearly honor. a reference to us, not yeah. to the original series. But um, and then we move across town. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. Yep, Nikki's. Uh, uh, I guess uh, in one of those rare police cars with unlocked back seats. Yeah, and I guess no one noticed that she left. Through a car door? Yeah. No one she, heard that uh, door? They, they're driving along, and they turn around and suddenly realize that her handcuffs and 
her hairpin are sitting on the car seat. Yeah. Implying that that, that quick uh, tip that mm-hmm. MacGyver gave her, um, her ended, up, yeah. ended up paying off already because she was able to yeah. silently emerge from the back of this car. Um, potentially to return as a villain further down the line. Yeah. Who knows? Which, again, I hope they don't try to do this redemption thing with her if they do. I, I don't. I honestly don't think they will. I think if she comes back, it will just be as a recurring villain. Uh, I don't think she'll be like Murdoch. But no, uh, we we have gotten a semi confirmation from Peter Lenkoff that Murdoch is definitely intended to appear on the show. Oh, that's gonna be so awesome. I cannot wait for that character to show up. However, he does. You know, it's like who who to play him though. You know who I would get, mm. <laughs> and it totally wouldn't happen. Richard Dean Anderson. Oh, I think him as Murdoch would be awesome. Oh man, that would be awesome. See, I was thinking of like Jared Harris or something, but I think Jared Harris is a little bit older than uh, we would want. And he's want. done that before, you know. He's the Moriarty stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh-huh. I just love Jared Harris, and I want him in more stuff. Yeah. But yeah, well, um, I'm, it'll be interesting to see who they who they get as Murdoch. Oh, by the way, we didn't mention uh, her name. Uh, but Riley Davis is played by Tristan Mays, mm-hmm. who the credit I probably recognize most was she was Shayna on Gullah Gullah Island. Yeah, I uh, I don't have kids, so I have kids that have never seen a frame of Gullah Gullah Island. Well then, uh, uh, so I have no explanation for why I've seen. Yeah, that there's show. no excuse for you to know that. Come and let's play together in the bright sunny weather. Let's all go to Gullah Gullah Island. Gullah 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 Gullah. This is totally. Alien to you. Yeah, no, I, it's nothing. Um, it was definitely. Um, I, I I know Zubily Zoo. <laughs> I don't know what that is. You're speaking. That was that was that was awful. Zubily Zoo. Yep, that's it. Yeah, Jess sings that all the time. I have no idea what that is. It it it's like people in really bad like animal costumes too. It's like like it's basically like Halloween costumes of animals. Okay. Like like store bought Halloween costumes, <laughs> and they're supposed to be like the zoo animals. Interesting. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, this was a much better uh, episode than I was expecting, I think, because I haven't seen TV in a long time. Yeah. Um, we were talking about that, too. It's like, I, it's been a long time since I actually sat down and watched a show live. But I should have known, because cable TV's been getting better. I honestly can't think of the last time I watched network television. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, well, I mean, I, I watch Blacklist, and that's about it right now. Yeah, but this was this was a really solid episode. I, I There was nothing that I felt was a huge betrayal to the character. No, not at all. Well, except at the end when he's... Oh, yeah. There's, he's, he drinks a beer at yeah, the well, end. Well, we never see him drink it, but... Right, but he's got one in his hand. He's, like, tapping it, does, cheersing does he, everybody. Oh, does he drink the champagne at the beginning? I can't remember. I don't he, think he does. He has a glass of it in his hand. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he actually takes a sip of anything. But, I mean, he did that on the original series, even. Yeah, yeah. He sipped oh. a champagne once. Uh, he was, yeah, in the heist. He, yeah, in the heist, yeah. yeah. And he's getting the, the cups together. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. I, I thought this was a great one. Yeah, I, I'm very curious to see. I'm, I mean, I had, like I said, like my big my big complaint was like maybe like the subpar CG, and that's really not the fault of anyone like of the performances or the writing. Yeah, yeah the it's script just, was fine in the. It's and the a budget issue. Great. It's a budget issue. It's also a scheduling issue because they're having to. I mean, they had what three months to put a whole new script together. Yeah. and then shoot it, um, and I don't think it shows beyond. Maybe some VFX not being fully final. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows? They might do another draft of that before a Blu-ray comes out. I yeah, doubt yeah. it. Um, yeah, they'll probably yeah, but... just move forward. But um, but I'm excited to see next week's. Mm-hmm. I forget if we have a title for next week's episode. Uh, there is a title. I say it's called Metal Saw. But yeah, uh, 
if you guys have any thoughts on The Rising, which actually, by the way, I meant to I meant to mention earlier that I like the title of The Rising. Yes. Um, because it's it just sort of encapsulates, but vaguely that whole metaphor that I was talking about about the show being about a new start and exactly. the Phoenix Foundation and everything. Um, but uh, if you guys have any thoughts about uh, The Rising you'd like to share with us, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us at facebook.com slash Podcast or our website, phoenixfoundationpodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Tune in next week when we cover Reboot Season 1, Episode 2, Metal Saw. Okay. And I don't know what to expect from yeah, that episode. I have no idea what that could possibly mean, so uh, I'm excited to find out. Yeah. And MacGyver's next, back. MacGyver's back, folks. That's what we should take from this. Yes. All right. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.